On this episode of the Animation Deliberation Podcast, we are continuing our coverage, or our catch-up, of Demon Slayer, the Entertainment District. After this episode, we will be caught up and back to weekly coverage. But first, these ads so we have no control over. Sing along if you know the words. One, two, three, it's time for animation, deliberation, a conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series, yeah. Yeah! Welcome back to another episode of Animation Deliberation, the podcast where we take action animation seriously, but not too seriously. I'm your host, Zuhara Lee, and if you could not tell, that was not our usual co-host, Jay Scotty, singing. There was... A demon sighting in the Northern California region in which Jay Scotty was called to. So we have our beautiful vocalist, our animation enthusiast, Mr. Andrew Rogers. Welcome back. Hello, hello, everyone. It's a fantastic time to be here. And, you know, he let me sing. I guess I've been around <laughs> long enough. Or I never remember the words. Whichever one... <laughs> Helps you sleep at night. I, it's fine. One of us skips a number. I can't figure out who it was, but I know you count to four. <laughs> I count to three. I can't remember what Jay Scotty counts to. It's fine. It's fine. All right. So we're covering anime. We love talking about anime, and we love talking about how freaking amazing this one is, Demon Slayer. Uh, how many episodes are we covering today? Uh, we are covering five in total, and I think these are like five of the most excited episodes of anything that I've been mostly the last one, but we are covering the entertainment district arc of demon slayer, specifically episodes two through six, or if for some reason you're on a platform that counts all of the episodes, it's episode 35 through 39 in the uh, totality of the show. I've been watching it on Hulu and it really threw me off the first time that I tried looking it up, but they have like each arc is their own show like the first part of it is demon slayer this and then there's a whole other show called demon slayer mugen train and then a whole other show called demon slayer entertainment district interesting is that whole first season its own or did they yeah. actually split it up into the because technically on some of the websites they split up that first season into like four arcs i guess yeah, so, I mean, it's natural for anime to be, like, multiple arcs within a season, which is what they did for the first season, but then, like, Mugen Train was split, and then Entertainment District was split. So I was confused, because it was like, I know there's new episodes, but where is it? So, I kind of like it, because it has the numbers out straight, so we can just say two through six, but it's also just very weird on the first one, like, wait, where did it go? Yeah, that's fair. And Crunchyroll is what I'm using, and that's the exact same way. So I guess no one's getting all the episodes in huh. order like that. So maybe it's just something that Demon Slayer itself decided to do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like we said, episodes two through six, starting with uh, episode two, infiltrating the entertainment district. So just to give a a little tease on the main thing that we want to talk about. There is a spectacular action sequence going on right now. And that is why we cannot wait to get back to weekly coverage because like, I feel like this show is the reason I have hair loss. I'm literally just screaming and pulling the hair out of my head, freaking out at how just amazing the storytelling and the action and the grittiness and just everything, the emotion, all of it is just so spectacular but 
there was a lot of stuff that got us to this point. So we're just going to give a quick run through of that just to kind of set up the story, set up the establishment, do a little bit of a recap with everybody, and then we can just geek over how awesome this is. So you want to start us up on that recap? What's the mission? What are they doing? How did they get to where they are today? Yeah, so we had this uh, first episode. We ended off uh, with the tease that we were going to the Entertainment District at the end of the uh, last podcast that we recorded. And now here we are entering the Entertainment District. Uh, they give us the background on who our Hashira Mr. Tengen Uzui is, you know, kind of what he's about. He's a flashy guy. And a big part of his story is that he has three wives, uh, making our boy Zenitsu very... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very jealous in a lot of regards but yeah he has these three wives that he sent to the entertainment district um i don't know how much we want to sugarcoat what the entertainment district is about as we talk about this but he sent them to be uh women of the night so to speak and work at these different houses and they have stopped reporting back into him making him think there is more demon activity than they first let on about so now he's sending in uh, Tanjiro, Inosuke, and Zenitsu disguised as <laughs> these beautiful, beautiful girls. <laughs> the picture of them, the screenshot, wherever it may be, is the most beautiful thing. Um, pun intended, because they're not beautiful at all. Uh, <laughs> and everything leading up to this point has just been straight comedy. Like we it mentioned really on the has. last episode about how, you know, just painful it was listening to all the stuff about Rengoku and how what his father thinks of him and how everybody the trauma of like the events of the Mugen train and it was a good couple of episodes of just sheer humor like yes they're determined they're trying to be stronger they're trying to be better but the way that everything was set up was just spectacular um it's no secret that Inosuke's my favorite character and his relationship with Uzui is phenomenal because they're both like flashy. I'm the best type of people. So whenever Inosuke gets like his head too high, Uzui's like, you need to worship me. It just gives me a reason to like the way that he runs. Like Inosuke is so vocal about like who he actually looks up to and appreciates. now, <laughs> Whereas he would never admit it before, but in his head, it's just like, Wow, that guy's so cool. Uh, the, the line that I have written down here that is at the start of this arc is when he's like, I am, or uh, Uzui, I am a god. What are you a god of? I'm the god of festivals and the god of flashiness. And Inosuke, <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm the king of the mountain. Like, <laughs> it's just so funny to have these characters that generally you don't get to see interact like this just be off the wall hilarious. But also the fact that Inosuke's serious, that he's the king of the mountain. Yeah. Uh. It's just, it's interesting that our first exposure to a Hashira was the water Hashira. Um, oh, you are going to make me stretch for this one. Look at me. I have notes. I have a list. I have a list of every other. It is Tomioka. Tomioka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the first time that we meet Tomioka, he's stoic. He's a hero. He's like, you know that he's the badass. He's an upper guy. He's somebody that you don't mess with and can handle situations. So for him to essentially be our standard of what a Hashira is, and then I have our opening sequence of Rengoku being him eating this food, 
yelling delicious <laughs> after every bite. Oh my! And then Uzui trying to kidnap women that aren't even demon slayers and just tossing them over a ledge like they mean nothing. I shouldn't be laughing at that, but like if you're watching the show, you know why that's funny. Oh no, it is absolutely hilarious. And I just need to ask myself this question. What were those girls actually going to do in this situation? Like we're watching Tanjiro, you know, get into the weeds on this. What would those girls have done? Yeah. So it it was played off for laughs, but they they really did save them. And I think it's that perfect balance of this show. Uh, Full disclosure, I've been watching Attack on Titan to kind of catch up. And I actually text Zuhair after watching the first uh, bit of the season being like, this show is so dark and out there. Like, it's a real testament to watch Demon Slayer the next day and be able to laugh and enjoy things in between like it has that perfect balance where you just don't feel so in the weeds and it's really really nice because of that and meanwhile i'm on the opposite train where i'm trying to catch up on boruto and like there's a lot of filler stuff and a lot of goofy stuff <laughs> and a lot of like how much are we going to take this seriously but now i'm finally like on the part where shit's getting real and you know a major character just died and i'm like oh oh I wasn't ready for that. We're 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 taking it seriously now. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you got a uh, show so... that can turn on the waterworks like that when it needs to. Yeah. It it becomes very very much something easier to watch. You don't have to take a step back and Yeah, so once more hats off to Demon Slayer for just being like such a perfect well rounded show. Yeah, and while we're on the topic of it, I did actually look up during this episode or not this episode, one of the episodes, how you become a Hashira. Did you okay. know how that process actually works? I can't even remember any of the rank names, so no, I did not look into how the Hashira process works. I also have those to talk about later when we talk about how they ranked up. Uh, <laughs> so apparently, once you make it to the top rank of uh, Kinoe, and forgive me for any mispronunciations on all of these, I'll be doing my best, but because they're not actual words, it's a little harder to look up their pronunciations. Um so once you become that top rank, if you either kill a 12 Kizuki member at that rank or you kill 50 demons, you become a Hashira. Or there's the alternative path of being one of their protégés, and after that Hashira passes, you're then able to move up the ranks. And I just found it interesting that there's not like a limit, it, or there wasn't any listed limit to how many people can be Hashira. So it kind of explains why we have these different personalities. They don't all have to be super serious at the top. They just have to be talented. They didn't have to like you know earn the respect of someone and get promoted to that point. They just had to do the deeds that got them there which shows more about their power and less about their personality. And that's why we've seen three or four very, very different seeming uh, Hashira in full force. That makes me wonder how high up Kyojiro was as a demon slayer and just like within his studies and everything. Cause they had to touch a little bit on that again before his mother passed away and Shinjiro just kind of went dark because that was one that was ancestor related. So yeah. did he already have a high reputation and then just took the mantle when his dad stepped down? Yeah, that's something. Or did I... he actually have those parameters and it was like, no, we just want you to be one because you're a badass. Like I said, according to the wiki article that I read, it said that the protégés move up upon the passing or retirement of their respective Hashira. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it would be a problem 
if let's say um Kyodra's brother i believe it was senjiro mm-hmm. was still his protege and had to move up right now he does not have those skills so i have to yeah. imagine there is still some prerequisite to it beyond you know that point they might still have to go through some degree of training uh to get there after the fact yeah because he's not even eligible to be a demon slayer so yeah exactly so and then uh Kototoraki, i guess he was tomiaka's teacher at one point too so maybe he appointed him after he stepped down too yeah i have to imagine that was the case because they did have that relationship in that first season um going back and forth between the two of them but yeah i kind of wanted to look it up because i know tanjiro mentioned you know i will be the next flame hashira after your brother or i will become a hashira like your brother when he was talking to senjiro to kind of say look i'm gonna do everything i can to make sure this doesn't happen again yeah so i I just wanted to know what tanjiro was gonna have to go through and you know what does that road actually look like and how many seasons do we actually get yeah that's true there is that weird question what if he were to kill a 12 kizuki and not be the top rank are they really gonna say no we're not gonna promote you now i mean they'd probably bump him up to a higher rank and then just keep giving him the training because he's feeding the daylights out of himself you know, oh trying yeah, trying to perfect his form right now. So, so to get back on track, one of the things that I also wanted to point out is that um, they make it very clear that uh, the three women that are Uzui's wives are all shinobi, so they're all ninjas. And apparently, he has a background of being a ninja too. Um, as somebody who loves Naruto, that name popped up right away, and I instantly just kind of had a standard of like what's expected of them, I suppose. Uh, so that's why he has those relationships with them because he took like full responsibility for them too. Like he generally does care for them um, and, you know, cares for their well being and doesn't want anything bad to happen to them. It's not like he's just deploying uh, Shinobi. And he even said it that in priority of who he's supposed to take care of people, they need to take care of themselves first and then save others and then save him if need be like, if the options were to present themselves like that's how much he cares about them like go against what you were trained to do care about yourselves because i care about the three of you uh and that's why despite how goofy it is like it does take that moment to address how seriously he takes this and how it is about finding the demon that's wreaking havoc in the entertainment district but it most importantly is about making sure that he can find his three wives safely yeah and honestly that scene was so moving when he when he was able to prove how much he really cared about them that you know it wasn't just a i took the three wives as is customary for the shinobi i think they mention in this kind of story that you would take the wives of your choosing he was like no i'm actually going to care about you i'm going to do this and like you said that's the whole purpose of their mission is to be here and do this and then it kind of goes into as this arc goes on um they discover that many of the wives are either missing or no one's talking about them and when they go to reconvene um just after the moment in which zenitsu gets kidnapped as well and they meet on that rooftop and uh uzui goes to dismiss them and says you know i was blinded by my care for these women i didn't think about you i didn't think about what this was actually going to be like i'm going to dismiss you at that point he was still even able to acknowledge 
not only how much they meant to him, but the fact that it was blinding his judgment that he was putting lesser uh, demon slayers in harm's way. And that's kind of why I asked that question of what would he have felt had he put these other younger girls that were lower ranked demon slayers or not even part of the demon slayer core uh, through this same thing and had them be kidnapped like he knew what he was doing and still decided to you know go through all this danger yeah i feel like the other hashira would have definitely been on him for that just putting other people's lives in danger for no reason yeah and it's it's such a weird thing because they have to be responsible but they still also have to try and save people fight off demons so there's definitely this balance that you have to find at some point you know how powerful of demons are you going to start tracking down all right so just like how the show goes up and down with emotions that's what we're doing with this recap as well and might I say, the way that they were dressed up and in those houses was just hilarious. Tanjiro looked terrifying. <laughs> and the fact that the head of the house knew that it was a guy the whole time it just makes it even funnier. Because he's like, he's a good worker. Might as well just keep him around. Um, Inosuke, we know, is just beautiful under that forest head as it is. So they were just like... Like, the other women were, like, genuinely uncomfortable by how amazing he looked. <laughs> just like, I have never been like, so jealous of an anime character. But yeah, right? Just, <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> and then Zenitsu just playing his little sitar. <laughs> oh. He just starts, but, like, jamming out, and there's, like, electricity flying everywhere. Like, oh my concentration god. breathing that for that. Like, <laughs> and, but then the line... He's or she's doing this out of anger for the man who left her behind. Like he's so angry at Uzui <laughs> because he's got wives and he's like, you, you go, I get to be a handsome man. We're gonna dress you up as a bunch of your girls now. Like he was jealous of him at every turn. It was wonderful. Um, but then again, things start to dwell into the serious part and it's not Tanjiro who interacts with the demon the first time he kind of gets like weird vibes but it's actually Inosuke and Zenitsu simultaneously interacting with the demon and we're still kind of like in the the mystery detective point of this but apparently our main demon Daki has these belts that can separate and she absorbs humans into it and then it's basically like, um, oh man, I had a great reference and I forgot what they were called. It's those commercials like where you could like seal, like vacuum seal, like your meats and stuff to put in the fridge. Oh, of course you're going to say it and I can't It's like, it's like a vacuum Ziploc. I can't remember exactly what they're called. But who even watches commercials anymore? People with Hulu with ads. So basically she like, she meal preps for humans that she gets oh, from in the Kingdom District. Come on, man. <laughs> and You're the not wall wrong. But... <laughs> That's exactly what it is. So because she can separate her belts, like, there's this tunnel system throughout the Entertainment District. Inosuke was sensing some of them and just destroying the house trying to find them, which honestly was awesome because I just love him in action. But it's Zenitsu who actually runs into Daki um, abusing one of her underlings and he tries to foolishly stop her 
and gets the daylights knocked out of him. So we think like, you know, because now there's a lot of attention. People are looking at her this and that because they obviously don't know she's a demon, but they are terrified of her. You know, they set everything up and it's like, all right, Zenitsu's safe. He's good to go. The girls that he was protecting are safe, yada, yada. And this was actually an end credit scene of all things where we think that he's safe and good to go. And then the belts just come out of nowhere. And as they're at a tie, the episode cuts. And I was like rioting for a week. Like, how are you going to have an episode like that oh, on yeah. an end credit scene at that? I thought Zenitsu was done. I was yeah. like, yep, that's it. there's no way she is so powerful. Just from the little bits that we have seen, we know that she is just going to uh, take him out because there is a somewhat important scene I'm going to backtrack to that was before that post credit scene that we got that flashback of Daki revealing herself to the uh, maiden of the house and picking her up to drop her off the roof. Yeah. Um, and during that, she even makes this point of saying you know i don't eat old people or ugly people yeah the fact that you were powerful enough as a demon to be picky about what you're going to eat like other demons they're just going to eat any people because they need that extra power because the more people you eat the more powerful you get the more high ranking you become she is so high up that she just does not care and then is willing to just hide after yeeting someone off a roof and no one's going to notice <laughs> there's there's a weird theme of throwing people off roofs in the season um but then it leads to an even more telling part of that flashback wherein she's uh talking to master muzan the dialogue in that was very very telling of who she is as a demon yeah she's really conceited Yes. Like, she thinks she's the most beautiful thing in the world, which, I mean, at one point, you can't blame her. Uh, but at the same time, like, Muzan feeds into that, too. He was like, you're the only one that can handle this mission. You're the only one that I trust, and you're so beautiful, and this and that. Like, he tells her everything that she wants to hear just to stay as loyal as possible, which is funny because we just saw him beat the daylights out of Akaza just for boasting about his accomplishments i was just about to say the same thing like look at that way that he treated akaza in that first episode and now we're into this third episode and he is just spoiling her like a rich kid on christmas like give yeah. whatever she wants feed into her ego and then the dialogue it's very uh, daddy girls vibe yeah there's also a perfect comparison as we talk about akaza that what did he say to him in that moment it was um I don't care that you killed a Hashira. It's expected of you to do that. Yeah. Because he specifically feeds into her ego and says, you're one of my best demons. You've killed seven Hashira before. That's an insane number. But also to still, again, be bragging about it while putting one of your other demons down is just such a dichotomy of things. But also she's so powerful. Seven Hashira? I didn't even know there were that many that we didn't know about because they were dead. Like, that's insane. You'd think the Hashira would start working on a buddy system more now. It, it, it really kind of goes back to, I think, in Season 1, they were just trying to show how thin the ranks of the Demon Core were. Or you would probably have some buddy system, I guess. But, yeah, there's also the other weird thing as you talk about the Hashira trying to hunt them down, that brought up an interesting point. Uh, Muzan said something along the lines of, 
no humans can tell us apart from other humans. They think we're normal. They don't think we're demons. The only ones that can really tell us apart are the strongest in the form of the Hashira. And the reason that I found that line really interesting is that Tanjiro was able to sniff out Muzan, I, I guess pun slightly intended there, in that first season when he was still barely a demon slayer. Yeah. How is he on the level of the Hashira already that he can identify something that obviously Zenitsu missed by a mile, or he probably would have not touched Daki uh, in any way when she was abusing those girls? Yeah, because uh, Inosuke's senses are pretty high, too, but I think that's one of the things that they emphasized quite a bit in the very first episode, was that he just has a uncharacteristically strong sense of, sense of smell, to the point where like he smells intentions and stuff, too. And I think uh, Kototoraki actually like trained that a little bit in terms of like recognition of understanding like the full extent of that. Maybe it is something else because there's a lot of secrets between us, like about his father right now, and maybe that could be a part of it. Maybe it is just a unique ability of his. Uh, but yeah, this this show definitely gives us a lot of lingering questions. Yeah, and I mean the number one question in my eyes is always the power and not necessarily the power level but like where it's coming from as you have you know uh inosuke he has this beast form whenever he shouts things that it seems like no one else has heard of or used like all of the other members that we've seen either have a protege or a teacher mm-hmm. so it's like uh zenitsu had the old thunder hashira tanjiro had the old water hashira and so on where did this other form come from? How are they learning them? Can anyone just like come up with this stuff on the spot? And then on top of that, we're getting bits and pieces of, you know, the origins of this, but there's still so many unanswered questions about how it works, what it can do, what it can't do, where it's going. So it's amazing. I love it. I love a show that makes you ask these questions, but also please give me answers because (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I love whodunits, um... but I, I like the end of the whodunit the best when I can prove that my thoughts were right. Yeah, right. (laughs) uh inosuke actually said that he didn't want to train it under anybody and that he wanted to be strong on his own and actually trained on the mountain by himself right but and that still just kind of leans into does that mean anyone can come up with a form of breathing themselves seems like it that's seems like he learned from the beasts themselves oh my it's like Avatar, learning from the badger moles, the dragons, yep. and the moon. The lion turtles. The lion turtles, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that is how he learned. Maybe we'll get more flashbacks of him later. I would 100% love... 100% down for that. Yeah, give me like a two-episode Inosuke-only flashback. Spin-off, a spin-off arc. A spin- yeah, not even. I don't even need a whole arc. Just a couple like really good moments of what's going on. Um, but yeah, I think that closes out. Okay, well, I want an arc. I don't want to waste an arc. There's so much going on in the show. I need as much as I can get in the. Yeah, like, like four arcs in the time. first season. Like you can spare an arc. It's. Fine. I think it's just hard Shh, because we're only getting fine. one arc this season. Fine. It's, it's we're only getting one. Anyways. Arc. That's the end of episode three's coverage because that's when Zenitsu gets kidnapped. So then we go into episode four tonight. 
was the name of that episode. And that was the one we kind of already touched on where they were talking, having that conversation at the beginning on the roof about uh, what's going on. Where are the wives? Why isn't Senisu showing up? And then Tengen uh, Uzui trying to dismiss them. In a badass fashion of him just popping up. And of course, Inosuke just starts fangirling all over again. It's like, I didn't even hear him. So cool. You know who I was thinking of in that moment, Suhair? Hmm. It, it, that would be you and me on the roof if Batman showed up. Just like, oh my god, he's here. It's Batman. And then we would have our um, Commissioner Gordon moment of, why does he do that? <laughs> How? You get used to it. He's just gone. Yeah, but that was awesome. And then it was interesting. Tanjiro was very accepting of that, like we said, because he thought he was still at the bottom rank. And uh, Inosuke proved him wrong in the very interesting and cool fashion of pointing out that they have hidden tattoos. Yeah. I was actually wondering about that. Like, did they not rank up after everything they went through? So I'm glad they addressed it. It was at a weird timing, but... Address, yeah, it was just this weird, like, oh, we... It felt almost like they forgot to bring up the tattoos from the manga or something like they were supposed to do that in the first season but they just didn't have time to show them getting them on the mountain so they're just like okay we'll throw it in here because i feel like if anything they deserved at least one rank for the mugen train alone yeah because technically that actually i forgot that was a member of the 12 kizuki that was the only member of the lower Lower six six left so that's a big deal yeah so there you go. I guess that answers the question from earlier that if they kill a 12 Kizuki and they're not the top rank, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it wasn't even, like, I don't think Kyojuro ever saw Enmu. No. Because he was saving people on the train. That's definitely a weird question. But yeah, we found out that they ranked up from the bottom rank to the fourth rank is what they are now. And there are 10 in total. Let's see. That's quite the jump up. Yes, there's 10 total ranks. They ranked up three to go to the fourth rank so they still have a ways to go until they get to that top before they even think about being any sort of hashira though which it's interesting to see how long that will take timeline wise because the show itself has had such a long timeline that isn't actually that long that you forget about where you had the growth of tanjiro at the beginning and then you had the mugen train or all of the arc after he became a demon slayer and then time of the initial training. training was what like three years maybe True minimum. Yeah, there's so many, like, I don't know how to answer these questions because they just kind of leave it vague. But I have to imagine it was two because there was a couple mention of like six month periods in the middle there. So So these, let's just say two seasons have happened over the span of at least three or four years. Yeah, and we feel very much like they are just, you know, still the same age because of the weird compression of time that the show has done. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely been some time change. And it, like you said, it is nice to acknowledge that rank up. Yeah, I do have to point out that I was hyping myself up before recording by listening to the theme song, and it actually has been playing in my head throughout this whole recording. Sorry, Zuhair and I have done this multiple times through the past couple days when we have talked. That theme song, I agree. It's so hard to rival what you had in that outro in season one, but I agree with everything we said last week that this brings that perfect, like, energy 
that the first season needed the somber notes this needs the high strung like that minute you flash to uzui in his big throne and the trumpets are blaring you're like this fits this definitely fits yeah Um, the jazz vibe is just really cool but then like the outro music actually is like super dark and gritty because there's it always gives you a closer to where that's appropriate for that yeah it's just really good i i do feel like almost every episode this season has ended on a dark note in some way or another yeah that's just the nature of the show yeah all right catch us up to the action well i can't because we have to touch on the next best thing about this season and it is after they decide that they are still going to keep up with tengen inosuke's got to get his swords and his boar hat back (laughs) and uh we get the introduction of possibly my favorite characters of all time they're apparently called the ninju. They're the Shino buff mice that have been trained to carry the swords <laughs> and just run around in small spaces. You can't see me bouncing because this is audio only, but I'm bouncing as though I have a sword. And I don't know about you, I died laughing that first time that they popped up on the screen. I, a- I had to pause it because I couldn't read the audio of what was going on because I was laughing so hard. I was already laughing at the fact that when Inosuke was ready for action, he puts on his boar head and head first into the ceiling without his arms. He didn't, he didn't like take his upper half or anything. He just toe tapped him his way up into the ceiling head only turned and then called these mice, which at first I thought were his until I realized the the headbands and then i he was just like they're so cool i hope he learns that skill like if there's any one thing he takes away from studying under uzui this whole time let him learn how to control the animals because those comedy that will happen those mice may end up being my phone wallpaper soon now the football season's over That would definitely give me a good laugh just throughout the day. Just every time your phone rings with a text message, muscle, muscle, muscle. <laughs> uh, sorry. I but yeah, Zenitsu is though. pretty concerned at this point because Tanjiro hasn't met up with him. And of course, he still hasn't gotten his name right yet. Um, yeah, but he ends up tracking the belts again through the tunnel system that we mentioned before. And how does he track these small tunnels that only scars fit through he dislocates every bone in his body and earthworms through the tunnels just sniffing it out until he pops up and then just puts his body back in place that makes Um, sense (laughs) for anime standards that makes sense it was just one of those things that he said oh i could dislocate every bone in my body and i'm like casually that's kind of weird and he shows the dislocation of the shoulders i'm like that's really weird and it was this was the moment they showed him earthworming through (laughs) we've talked about how they change art styles they went to the flat 2d plain (laughs) eyes just surfing through the ground like (laughs) my new favorite sandworm oh Uh, my god it was just it was beautifully funny to see him do that and then appear and be like huh there's scarves in this room pop pop back my shoulders go like none of this appeared weird to him and it was just amazing and at the same time was right around when we were getting um tengen also tracking the sounds through the earth which was really cool Mm -hmm. Um, there was a lot of stuff 
I, I don't think we can actually keep this episode, then this episode, then this episode from here, because so much stuff starts to happen in an overlapping format over the next, like, Yeah, that's why episodes. I just wanted to cover yeah. so the tunnel we, stuff first and then finish on, yeah, on we, the, ah, moments. Yeah, I'm like, okay, so we could throw that out. So Inosuke gets to this tunnel as Tengen is following him, and it turns out that he is a little bit... I don't want to say more capable than I would have thought, but I did not expect the scarves to go down. Is it scarves? Belts? I guess belts. They say belts. Belts is probably better because it is generally the, I don't know the name. Forgive me. I know I, I knew it before in Japanese. Uh, it is the ceremonial belt that women wear in Japan. Um, but anyhow, those belts, I did not expect them to go down as easily as they did because the mm -hmm. fact that he could just slice through them and then the wives and Zenitsu just kind of drop out of it. And it's like, okay, we're yeah. here now to fight. Like, I don't know. I guess it's because it was only a portion of the power was in that place that they could be taken down so easily, but I was still, still surprised. Yeah. I love, I love the dynamic between, uh, Makio and Suma. Just one being like super confident and the other just like so apologetic. I'm um, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like I'm so useless, but she's like, she's kicking ass. Like she's doing just fine. <laughs> Uh, it it really is just so it's funny to see that <laughs> it's it's a it's just a great dynamic between the two of them. Yeah. But yeah, um, Inosuke has just gone through so much difficult stuff between um, the the spider arc and then how Mugen Train ended up. That it was nice seeing that it's like, hey, reminder, he actually is a badass. Like he's very capable of taking care of himself, and he's a very skilled swordsman. Unlike Zenitsu, who has to be passed out just to use his thunder breathing. But that moment of the, uh, I, I believe it was thunderclap and lightning flash that he did when we, because they didn't really reveal that he had fallen out of the belt when he did that slash. It wasn't until yeah. he came in with that breathing form that was just ah, badass. And then you got the great line of all of us talking through Inosuke in one moment. Maybe you should stay asleep. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been thinking it. Don't know why he doesn't sleep more. But he still has his makeup on and everything, too. Like, he's the only one that's still, like, in his girl outfit. <laughs> he's still the girl. He's still very pretty blonde, you know, thunder user. And at this point, we finally get to see Uzui's swords because he comes in and kind of, like, finishes the job between the belts. Oh, uh, that moment where he just pops him off his back and yeah. all of the rags fall was just that glory like oh it's go time i don't know what's happening but i i'm ready let's go yeah i got i got big samahada vibes from naruto i know you don't get it but i'm hoping that some of the listeners appreciate what i thought of that yeah we're we're uh, gonna keep talking about anime and trying to reference it in order to try and force me and all of our listeners to watch more anime I mean, I'm sure there are some that are listening who just genuinely understand what I'm talking about. No, I... Or you can just watch Naruto, either, whichever comes first. Um, oh, who's got the time for that? <laughs> Such a long show. So good, but so long. Uh, wow. Anyways. Uh, so, yeah. I think that kind of wraps up everything that happened in the tunnel. Because then the, the bells get called back. Um... Uzui, like, has this moment with the wives making sure that they're okay, but they're set on just helping Tanjiro now, so I, I Uzui, will say, Inosuke, and Zenitsu are on their way 
the fact that Inosuke is still like opening up Zenitsu, like, can you see? Okay, it's like, no, it's doing fine. Like, this is the only time he's impressed with Zenitsu that I can ever recall. Well, he asked that question, like, how are you running? Too. <laughs> yeah, how are you running? How can you see? I don't know. I guess that was a weird. fun after credits because that happened, and then he was like, hey, we get no fun tips today. We got a mission to go to, and they just run off. I was like, yes, I love that. <laughs> They're very tongue in cheek about it. Um, but I was going to say, I loved how. Uzui was at first very like we can't go anywhere I have to keep track of the wives and then the minute I think it was uh Makio comes up behind him like hey no you have to go save Tanjiro we'll be fine down here don't worry about us he grabs them both in his arms has a big smile on his face and I feel like this was the perfect moment of the title of the episode was things are going to get real flashy. He just jumped through that hole like, here we go. Just had this big smile on his face and took off running in the direction of Tanjiro in the fight. It was just the perfect like, yes, 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 I get to do what I want. And also right before that, when uh, Inosuke was giving him shit for being late. And he was oh like, gosh. I just rescued you. Bow to me. <laughs> And again, the flat comedy. It's so good. <laughs> it is so good. They have strategically used the budget this season. I can tell that they're like, we're going to use the 3D in the really intense spot. We're going to use the regular animation in the very audible emotional spots. And then we are going to just hammer home the comedy with terrible animation to make it funnier. That's that Mugen Train money. If, if, if this is the Mugen Train money, make another movie so I can watch it like four times. Let's go. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um. All right. So, big fight time. Tanjiro versus Daki. Daki. I'm surprised that Tanjiro's back didn't like his spine didn't physically snap when he first got flicked through the building because he had uh, Nezuko's case on. Like that looked painful. That was a throw and a half and. I don't think that was the worst injury he has sustained in this fight. No, but that initial blow was just kind of like, you're going to die, buddy. I honestly was like, uh-oh, okay, things like, you know, Uzui's going to have to show up. There's no way Tanjiro's about to hold his own. And he gets up, and then it gave us the weirdest crutch, it felt like, of this fight, that, oh no, the strap is broken on the box. I'm going to have to put this down now. It felt a little bit weird to have him fight without Nezuko on his back. I, I I don't know why that struck this weird chord with me, but it did lead to the interesting line of stay here, the box is broken, don't come out unless your life is in danger. He didn't yeah. care about himself. He specifically said, if you are in danger, uh, come out of this box. But spoiler alert, Nezuko doesn't like to listen. You know how, um, how when Thanos and Doctor Strange were fighting... Like you fool, you didn't even use like your greatest weapon. Like the time stone was just in the case the whole time. Like that's how Nezuko's being used right now. It's like I know, like it's night time. It's a fight. Things are out of hand. How about we work as a team? See, and I was really hoping we were going to get more of that this season after they had that amazing scene in the first episode when he ran up the pillar and she just dropped out of the box onto that demon. Like, okay, they figured out how to work together. This is an awesome dynamic all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, I I do question, like, how long her recovery takes because she has to get it from sleep. So maybe it's like they're very picky about when they use her. But, I mean, they gave the little snippet of her being awake, so... I don't know, but it, it it was very interesting points that, like, 
obviously he's still new. He can't fight an upper level demon at this point. Um, but they go into a lot of emphasis about how like he doesn't feel strong using the water breathing. Yes. And that makes a lot more sense when you start to look back at season one. Like it kind of puts some things into perspective how he was almost forcing the water breathing to work when he had to cut that boulder in half as his first test. It didn't seem like it was something coming natural to him in any way. He had to focus so hard to learn these things. And we just kind of assumed that's what it takes to learn this. It seems almost more like he was right. And maybe this wasn't, necessarily right for him and there's also a lot of emphasis about on him having a black sword and how people with that mm -hmm. are like indecisive on what element they want to work on so i thought that the show was heading into a direction where he was just going to be a badass i could use like multiple and that he was going to learn multiple throughout so i wasn't expecting it to be like oh i'm not comfortable with the water anymore it's like but it's the only one you've ever like really practiced and the sun breathing like just about kills you but it was amazing seeing him use sun breathing as he did, because in that moment, he was taking a chance of like, is this going to work? I'm not even entirely sure, but this is a great time to figure it out. And it started off as like, he's using it, but then he's feeling the ramifications. We do the little flashback to his recovery about how he had a fever, but that wasn't the only time that he felt good with it. But after he starts sustaining some damage whoa did it get cool oh yeah like we I didn't mean, realize the extent of his sun breathing training yeah and it was really interesting last week i had more questions that actually did get answered um in this week's episode which was kind of cool i was under the impression at first that tanjiro just figured out the sun breathing which was really a cool thought to be like he just kind of did it and was yeah. figuring out what happens i have a little bit of a suspicion now after we got that revelation of amazing it's hard to say redemption for a character so pitiful but redemption for kyojiro's father yeah in that letter that he wrote to tanjiro to say you know i'm sorry for how i treated you my son deserved better of me you know I was scared of the sun breathing. I think you're a natural user. I have some suspicion that that means either he is helping Tanjiro decipher what was used to be in that book or that he let Senjiro send the letters in that four-month period and he's been studying those. But it was also interesting that Tanjiro doesn't think he's a natural sun user. I love finally getting some answers about this scar, but it was... Yeah, I, I didn't know how to feel about them kind of using it as a red herring to say, no, this isn't actually why he has a scar. It might be a little bit of both. It might be like from an accident, but because of the fact it's a sun breather, like the scar scar different. Yeah, it could also be some commentary on fate, in a sense, that, you know, he, he was meant to have this mark of power, so the world gave it to him. I, I do feel like we're going to see him interact with Shinjiro in the future. Maybe Shinjiro actually becomes his mentor at some point and helps him understand. Yeah. Um, I could see him partnering with Shinjiro and Inosuke working with Uzui. Yeah. I do think that does open an interesting door that you were talking earlier about, you know, he couldn't decide or rather the sword color 
meant that he couldn't decide what element he would be following uh, in his studies. Perhaps his natural abilities with sun breathing kind of does actually go into what you were talking about, that he will be using them all because he has the basis. Like, most people can't use them all because they don't have the base form. Because he has that base form, he's going to be using them all, and perhaps Shinjiro, like you said, will be his mentor in fire, and then either that does or doesn't work, and hey, we're also going to learn sound. We're also going to learn... I don't want to say insects because I'm doubting that's actually a form, but learn from the butterfly insect Tashira and then go to the serpent one and figure out what the reptilian uh, form is and those different things like that to see if he can pick up more of them to be able to do more things over the seasons. I think that could be an interesting door to open. I mean, they. this is also a thing similar to Naruto is Kyojuro goes over about how there is five elements and everything else is derived off of those. So I feel like he's just going to get those five. And then maybe have an essence of each in that, but I feel like the five would be like the main thing for him to explore. But coming back to the fight scene, like him using the the fire breathing or the sun breathing was just really cool. He was holding his own. Uh, apparently there's a very distinct sound when he breathes that actually made uh, Daki very uncomfortable. But, dude, when she starts killing all the people in the city... Oh my god. First off, I wasn't ready for how graphic that was. Like, I know the show does that and shows us that, but I wasn't expecting them to show us as much as they did. Dude's missing a hand, there's people being gutted, like, there's bodies hanging off the edge of broken-down buildings, and I was like, whoa! was not ready for that. I got Shrek Invincible vibes. Yeah, his arm is immediately there. His arm is just practically severed at this point, and he just gets up, and, like, he's just so mad that, like, the blood vessels and his eyes are popping and that was a wild look for him and just the way that that fight went and the detail that was in the flames oh my god was it beautiful like my heart rate was up i was at the edge of my seat like that really was chojuro versus akaza vibes for me which is how intense and how fast it was but she had to this is after she recalled her belt too so she was a lot more powerful at this point but Man, was that action sequence wild. Oh, yeah. You talk about the speed. You talk about the way everything looked. The, like, choreography of him losing every bit of what he had left in sanity because she hurt this many people was, like, I was terrified for her. Not in a sense of I don't want to see something bad happen to her, but what is Tanjiro about to do? Like, it was he just... He became very autonomous at that point. Well, he did because he stopped breathing. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> I I went back through because I was like, okay, at what point does he stop doing any sort of noticeable breathing? Yeah. When his blood vessels first pop in his eyes is the last, like, audible hissing breathing that you can hear from him. And then he jumps up on the roof, cuts her leg off, has his monologue where I'm going to guess he's breathing while talking. Yeah. And then the minute he stops talking, you get, I would say, probably close to two or three minutes of straight action there, wherein you do not see his mouth open hear any words out of him or hear audible breaths again so i'm just assuming that was the point that he went crazy and that was the point that the fight just turned on its head him deflecting the belts and slicing through them in moments that she thought were not feasible 
only to then be deflecting them all in the same direction so he can pin them down with his sword and then her say oh i'll do this in a blink of an eye and recall them back you'll never do anything and he leaps through the air and i i say it every time when they do those just pans from 2d to 3d it's beautiful and they put it at the perfect point to just watch him circle around every single one of those belts cut it in an instant i almost want to slow that down and look and see is that the dance that his father was doing because it felt so almost graceful as he was jumping and slicing in every direction and almost makes contact with her neck but up until that point i i don't have enough words besides stunning and beautiful and everything else that i have said in the last like five minutes it's just like holy crap holy crap holy crap how is he doing this and then we kind of get that explanation of oh he's not breathing that's how he's doing this but like i i did not know that was in him sorry to rant like that i know <laughs> i just kind of i mean you just took everything out of my brain but, like, I, just, I don't have to say it anymore uh, i mean all i'll say is that like he typically does say he's doing the hinokami kagura when he does but at this point like there's names to his moves and he actually said a specific well thought a specific one as he did that so i think he actually has like an array of uh motions outside of his father's dance like i think he's starting to like implement it into his own thing as well i can't remember and i didn't take note of this was he still thinking them in that fight when he was allegedly not breathing yes Okay, because I know he didn't open his mouth. I couldn't remember if he actually yeah. said the names and of the moves or not, but they were all, I mean, the usual This, this is where I will bring my only negative into the show, and it's something that all anime Ooh. do. And it's where you have to stop to explain what's happening, and I feel like you're not giving the audience enough trust at that point. So it's like, even with Chojo's fight with Akaza, like it got to the point where it's like saying the moves, like you could tell it was in his head. It's not like in the middle of the fight he's actually screaming that stuff out. But it timed it to a way that it didn't break up the action sequence, and this action is doing that a little bit where it's broken up on crucial parts. And at some point, like I do want to see someone on YouTube make a cut of just all of it go in one flowy sequence. If you Um, don't mind my asking, do you have more of an issue with him explaining it or when um Daki was explaining like oh i have the eight s- sashes that all are of going it. across all of it okay. it's it's a just it's an anime thing it's not even specifically a demon slayer thing but with how heavily they just pulled it in it's like dude just trust the audience and go with the flow of things because we're engaged there's no doubt about that yeah i, I mean sure the quick explanations of like oh this is what he's doing but the amount that they slow it down like we get that she's arrogant we get that she's cocky and powerful and this and that but it's like you don't need to spill her whole personality into that you can have those thoughts you know like um more like dragon ball z scenes where like things just happen real quick and then they just like flutter over you could have a version of that where it's explaining and not stop everything you know and it's it's one of those things it's like i know there's workarounds and sometimes i'm just like shut the fuck up and fight <laughs> and that that's that's literally my only negative about the show and it's not even a, a demon slayer thing it's just things that anime do in general and it's so frustrating like trust the audience a little more because that the sequence of that was just amazing it was 
like it was generally nice knowing like what he was doing and how it progressed because that motion of him just flying through and cutting up all the belts on the way there and then just being gassed oh and my god dude yeah. i've had i've had a few spars in jujitsu that have felt that way where it's like you're going against somebody else that's scrappy and it's just go 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 and then like you have one little slip up whether it be like garment catcher or something or tripping over or what happened that you realize you're not breathing and somebody just gets right on you, you're just like <laughs> and oh dude the the pain is real in that like your whole body just seizes oh yeah it's and him obviously you know putting out flames and being at over 100 degrees which they didn't even specify it was like 100 degrees celsius when she was checking that i mean i imagine that the nurse would have been a lot more shocked if it was 100 Celsius. Because be I'm assuming when it was 100.4, it was Fahrenheit. Because that's yeah. a fever in Fahrenheit. If it was 100 yeah. Celsius, we got some problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think she definitely would have reported that. Not been like, wait a couple of days. Yeah, um, I mean, that was an interesting yeah, that note. That whole sequence was so good. And like I thought this was when Uzui was going to step in. But the fact that it was Nezuko that came in and just broke her face, like, from forehead to lips, just knocked it clean off. I was like, whoa! I was clapping and cheering and hooting and hollering. I was ecstatic at that point. That was my pull my hair out scene. It was just something comes from above. You get the one hit. The camera turns. It, they replay it again. The camera turns. They replay it again, and you just see Nezuko drop. It was amazing. I want my editing skills to get better because I need the good old WWE. Watch out, watch out, watch out. Boom. Just hit her out of nowhere with the force of a thousand suns in that one kick it was just her veins oh. bulging and just just uh, that anger and again <laughs> i love that we had that note of hey nezuko don't come out of the box if you're in danger tanjiro is in danger oh no this means she broke rules and she went like on her own you're about to get up yeah sorry jay scotty put them all in there to bleep that out couldn't help it it's just uh, zuhair and i love this episode so much it is just the energy that came out of her in that moment and then panning over to Daki being like you shouldn't have done that while her face is broken half yeah. like what the sucker punched me yeah i i and did she goes back to talking smack like she cuts off nezuko's leg and then damn near cuts her in half well, and she, she's like, hi, you weak little immature demon, blah, blah, blah. And then she pops out, like, her body together, and then, like... Do you only know how to kick? Like, you're trying to just call her out broke. for not having enough moves? If like, it broke. Well, something broke, but... Came uh, back. Yeah. Yeah, that I, kicking leg came back quick. It, and I'm, I'm glad the demons, or the demon slayers finally have somebody on their side that they can do that. can that can do that seriously um but yeah like her shape starts to come in she bites through her her muzzle and it's like oh you pissed her off that was the moment i knew this upcoming episode is going to be intense like her biting through the bamboo 
everything we've seen of Nezuko. She's, you know, she's angry, but the bamboo stays because she's not going to harm a human, whatever it is. The minute she bit through, it wasn't the muscles, it wasn't the regeneration, it wasn't her tripling in size, it was her biting through the bamboo that I was like, oh no, it's about to go down. Yeah. That was... I'm, I'm honestly about to just go watch it again as soon as we're done and... I might I do the same thing. I watched point. it just before, but like, I might have to do it again just after. It was... <sighs> yeah, Sarah Day, who I covered the Mugen Train movie with, she... So, episode came out Sunday. She watched it that night. I watched it on Monday, so I knew that she had seen it at that point. So, this, like, the second that Nezuko came on screen, I blew up her phone and then was just, like, locked in. And I was like, oh my god, there's still more. Like, this episode's not over yet. Uh, dude, it's, it's not even the next episode. Like, the next two or three are probably going to be just this battle continuing on. So Ruzumi's going to show up at some point, I'm guessing. I don't want to speculate too much because I have thoughts of how this is probably going to slightly go from some of the context that we've got. I just want to enjoy this fight. At least this one episode, I feel like is going to be mostly Nezuko versus Daki. And that I'm interested in. That's just yeah. going to be crazy. Because that moment at the end that, again, she goes to kick her. She cuts off both of her arms and her leg. Nezuko comes in and kicks her with the one leg left while already having regenerated both of the arms and the other leg back. Like, yeah. she has some serious power we did not know about. Yeah, she's even smack-talking like, oh, you're so weak. How did you get away from Muzan and blah, blah, blah. It's like... You're gonna eat those words. Yeah, I feel like my voice has got very intense. I'm sorry, everyone, if it just was <laughs> like I got very excited there. Whew. Show got very intense. Yeah, I think you and I just were feeding off the energy there. Um, I mean, that being said, if you guys want to share your energy, animation deliberation <laughs> podcast at gmail.com. We love those voice recordings. Uh, if you want to keep it under a minute and just you know send us just your genuine raw excitement about how amazing the show is, we would love to hear it write in hit us up on facebook instagram twitter whatever we just want to hear from you we just want to talk with you we want to share this excitement yeah i'm lucky i get to share it with zoo hair on the air but before that i i would want to do it anyway so please if you have thoughts it we'd love to hear it um hair on the air i like that hmm, we might have a new tag in there somewhere hmm. <laughs> well before we i know we've kind of gotten to the end but there is something i want to circle back on there was the moment um, before the Tanjiro fight, or not before, in the middle of the Tanjiro fight, that Daki was having these visions. Ah, yes. That's, yeah. <laughs> um, it seemed to me, and I'm, I can't remember if she said it directly or not, that it looks like Tanjiro's father um, in these visions, and she was saying that it has to be something that Master Muzan was remembering. I'm guessing this has to do with him transferring his blood um, to all of the upper six when he took out the lower six um there has to be something there that she's getting his memories in some way either that or he has some weird telepathy which is very much a possibility but what does this mean because did we ever have any confirmation i i mean we obviously expected it with the dance that his father was either a hashira or a demon slayer before but did we know for certain that that was a thing no, we just knew that he was a coal miner and that uh, Hirokami Kagura was just a dance from a culture that just 
went down from the family. Okay, interesting. So, I mean, this definitely gives us some more light to that, but also... It could the have been a Demon Slayer that retired to have a family. Yeah, but the fact that or this God Demon Sith. Slayer allegedly fought Master Muzan and lived? And made Master Muzan piss himself? Yeah, like, that's a big deal. This, I mean, this definitely gives us a lot more uh, pointing to how powerful the you know, Kabikagura is. Yeah. Um, I I didn't expect that in all of this fighting that was going on. Yeah. And it also makes me wonder, okay, there's definitely something to do with the lineage that Tanjiro is, I can't remember his father's name, unfortunately, but the son of this powerful possible demon slayer, Hashira, whatever you want to call him. Do we think that's part of where Nezuko's power is coming from? That she also has this, you know, old energy in her from the sun breathing that she's bringing forward to fight a demon with now. Yeah, I didn't really think about that, but could be. I mean, we know there's something special about her. His there was those is... flower marks too that were interesting. Tanjuro. Okay, so we're keeping with the theme and of Tanjiro and Tanjuro, and yeah, you know, keeping with that theme of uh, similar father-son names. I do believe that actually is a thing in some cultures. In order to, like, I want to say keep lineages alive, but in the same way that we may think in the modern day, like Andrew and Andrew Junior, they would do something along those lines where they would name similar. If I'm not mistaken, I have heard of that in some cultures. I'm not sure necessarily if uh, Japanese is one of those, but. It may be. Oh, that's another recurring thing in Naruto is you can actually there's some storylines that have like their lineage from like four like members and all of them have like a very similar part of their names. I I do know that from the or I recall that from the little bit of Naruto that I've seen. Yeah. But I mean, you know, our favorite characters, Zatanna and Zatara here. Yeah. Although that's not real because his first name's not actually Zatara, but right, his last name's Zatanna, so that means Zatara's or yeah, Zatanna Zatara, Zatara Zatanna. I don't know; it gets confusing. On that note, that's Young Justice. Uh, check out our old episodes <laughs> on this feed, Young Justice Season Four Phantoms. You'll hear my lovely voice in a bunch of those episodes as well. Uh... <laughs> Anything else you want to plug aside from that? Um, animation deliberation on Instagram that's one of the best ways if you wanted to communicate with me specifically uh, I'm running that for these guys helping do some great things if you're watching this on the day of we have a picture of the muscle mice up there to represent uh, Zuhair and I on our story getting ready to record all of this lovely lovely coverage but muscle 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 I think uh, I do think that's it for all of the stuff a, that I would want to plug, and B, this arc. I'm really excited to get back to weekly coverage. Yeah. Um, aside from that, staying on the anime realms of things, uh, part two of Attack on Titan has officially begun, and it's like the last season ever. We are behind. <laughs> I've only seen the first two seasons because that was just one of those things that did not come out in a timely fashion. 
Uh, so the plan for that, because we're hooked on Demon Slayer right now, was the weekly coverage is going to be a Demon Slayer. I'm going to get these episodes to you every week. And for Attack on Titan, we're going to do what we did with Young Justice, where we hit them by arc. And I think by the time we catch up to the current season, it'll be over, so we can just give like a quick feedback of everything. Uh, but that is a really good show. I think it deserves to be broken down by arc, just like how Young Justice did. Um, it's it's a heavy show, too. So there is a lot to talk about, and we do want to give it justice. So we don't want to wear ourselves thins to not be able to give you like quality for all of it. So we're going to keep this on the weekly. We're going to go back to the arc system for that. And as more things come up, we will let you know. Yes, and that does remind me as well... Um... We're waiting for Jay Scotty to come back with Zuhair to talk about our 2021-2022. So you still have plenty of time to submit any feedback that you want, whether it's you're excited about stuff, uh, whether you want to talk about old stuff, or just kind of ask us questions. If you really wanted to do like a mailbag Q&A kind of thing, if we had enough, we would answer, I suppose. But yeah, any other feedback on Instagram or animationdeliberation at gmail.com or animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com i forgot about the last part hashtag renew young justice uh, and if you have any ideas for an outro for me we're still trying to figure that out <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right folks uh tune in next time and as always stay whelmed bye everybody thank you for listening to the animation deliberation podcast a proud member of the strand panda network if you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandapanda.com or join the great community that is the Strandapanda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. <laughs>